You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I know I said we'd do more draft talk, but it seems that every time I say we're going to do draft talk, something arises. Um, so I, if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you know that uh, we had the situation with the Houston Astros. That is going to be the vast majority of the show. We'll talk about its effects on the Indians. Before we get there, let's talk about some of the news of the day and about the Cleveland Indians move. Uh, here we go. Here's the chance to talk about the Cleveland Indians and the moves they made today. And we're done. So let's talk about the moves that did happen. Ivan Nova signed with the Tigers, arguably the top starter left on the market, worth about two war by baseball reference. He's uh, he's all right. You know, let's be honest. This is not a, a great player. He got $1.5 million for a reason. But uh, in a pitching market that is as weak as it is, he was the top guy left. Um, he was one of the few guys left from the MLB Trade Rumors Top 50. So now we are down to seven players left from that list. Uh, the Tigers, maybe they're not huge names, but they went out and added Kron. They added Shoop. They added... Um, they added Nova today. Sorry, I got a, my phone was going off about something else relating to this uh, Astros thing, and it goes to my um, fitness tracker, and then I just get distracted as everything's vibrating at once. Um, but we have the Tigers have done more this offseason, been more active, and done more to improve their chances to compete than the Cleveland Indians, and that kind of stinks. The other interesting piece of news for the day is Tony Kemp, who the Cubs got from Martin Maldonado, who the Astros recently re-signed to be their catcher. Uh, He is now switching homes again, and he is going to be going to Oakland. I think it's a good get by Oakland. I'm kind of surprised. I understand he has been very inconsistent, that he has been an up-and-down player, that even his best season, he was a below-average hitter. He's undersized, but he, he plays all over. He's a good athlete. 2018 in 97 games, a slash line of 236, 351, 392, 743. He doesn't strike out a lot. He walks at a decent rate. Um, you're probably best off platooning him, but he can do a lot of little things and, you know, that, that, but nothing big. What did they give up for him? Well, nothing big is the exact term I would use. Uh, Alfonso Rivas, who two years ago was a fourth round pick for the, uh, the Oakland Athletics, he was a two way player in college. Uh, at Arizona. He has been a hitter in the pros. He, as a 22-year-old slash, I bet turned 23, yeah. Uh, no, he didn't turn 23 basically until the season was over. He was in high A, so very slow uh, in terms of a guy, a college player progression that he was he was up to high A. Um, got eight games in in AAA, but that was just a matter of when seasons ended. And he, he was, uh, he really played well there but again that's a very small sample size uh first baseman outfielder who has very little power in uh the california league known for an area that you can typically hit for power eight home runs 66 walks is the big thing uh on base guy 24 doubles some skills but this is not a big prospect and for the cubs it's not like they're really saving money on this deal um all it does is it saves them a 40-man spot oakland's 40-man is up to 38 players with that uh, I've just talked about before, I thought Kemp was a guy that the Indians could get on the cheap 
that I was intrigued by. And one other interesting move today, uh, the Giants designated Zach Cosart, who they got from the Angels, to claim Jake Jewell, who the Angels recently tried to pass through waivers. So it's almost like they're getting even more from the Angels. It just doesn't seem to end for them. They already got the Angels' first-round pick, number uh, 15 overall a year ago, Will Wilson, who struggled a bit in his first chance in the minors compared to what you'd expect for a guy with his pedigree. But, I mean, the Angels, to get rid of Cosart's one-year salary... Uh, traded him to the Giants, who then promptly designated him for assignment to claim another arm. And it's it's nice when you got deep pockets. I mean, the Giants are using those effectively. I think that they were uh, incredibly intelligent in that deal. If you're not going to contend and you got extra room, why not? So, yeah, good, good on them. A smart team there. Watch out. And they have some money to spend. Also, I didn't talk about it before I meant to talk about yesterday. David Peralta signing a three-year extension with the Diamondbacks. That probably means that one of those guys has been talked about at points as an Indians target, especially because he was going to be a free agent to be. Probably should be taken off the table at this point. An extension like that uh, is almost to make him a car- or cardinal, a Diamondback for life. Uh, cardinal is the football team for them. So five minutes into the show, we have the next 13 minutes to talk about the Houston Astros. Um, that is going to be the focus. We're going to go into what it means for the Indians, what it means overall, uh, the general feel of this for me, and you know, try to maybe get some humor out of it as well. So um, my big thing, and I said this on Twitter, is I feel bad for fans. And I don't mean uh, one particular fan base. I mean all fans. Like I feel bad for Indians fans because um, – the Houston Astros were cheating, and while the Indians' offense was atrocious, and they were probably not going to make the postseason just because of how bad their offense, or make it far that postseason just because how bad they uh, they hit, it didn't help that the Astros were sitting red dead on every pitch in that series, and the Indians got absolutely smoked, but uh, they got smoked in a series with they really didn't have a chance in. I'll bring up the stats later on in the show, but that stinks. You know, it stinks to the Dodgers, who... Yeah, I mean, I get it. They're a big money team, but that's still a franchise that has come close so many times and has not gotten over. And they lost in the World Series to a team that was cheating. It stinks if you're an Astros fan. You know, they have won one championship. And there were some great times with Astros fans. I mean, I don't care who you were. As long as they weren't your rival, you kind of liked the Astros in the 90s. Bagwell and Bichio were a fun combination. The Killer Bees... Like, that was cool. I liked following and rooting for that team. Ken Caminiti is still in the back of my head just because of his success there and then because how quickly those wheels fell off. But the Astros fans didn't, don't deserve to sit there and be like, oh, we finally won something, and it's tainted. You know, it's, it's the whole joke that now they're the Houston Asterix. And that stinks. I mean, it does. If you're a fan, it's not like the fans cheated. Um some have gone super defensive on Twitter, and it, I don't necessarily even blame them for that, just because, I mean, this is an awful thing to do. If we went back and found out that somehow the Cavs had cheated to win the championship, like, tainted the one time Cleveland's won something in my lifetime, that would stink. I, I don't know how I'd react. It would just be an awful feeling and situation. So it's it's crappy for every single fan. Like, this is just terrible. And again, let's get down to the basis of it. Stealing signs has always been against the rules, but it's been tacitly allowed. Uh, Much like the idea that uh, putting a foreign substance on a baseball, illegal, but if you can get away with it, whatever. You know, it's like, it's almost the skill of cheating makes certain actions um, acceptable. 
when you start using technology and systems and it's not just a person uh, figuring out a way around or being a little bit extra skilled and paying attention, that is when we have issues. And, you know, I said I talk about the statistics uh, at Sportsnom, who's one of my favorite guys on Twitter. Uh, us Jeffs have to stick together. He's been there for a while. I asked if I could steal this and he said that I don't have to credit him. Just he went and used the uh, baseball reference divisional stats page. But still, he did the hard work of looking it up. And in that series where you know the Astros are sitting there um, sending signals, the Astros hit 327 with a 1.037 OPS and eight home runs. So, yeah, and, the, and it gets down to it. The Indians pitching, like, people use that series so much. Like, yeah, Kluber was dead. You know, he was already in, in and that makes him a bad postseason pitcher and this and that. It's like... Well, you know, almost everyone got lit up in that series. You know, like this, the Indians team that had this amazing pitching staff um, and kind of like the last hurrah in some respects to like that core team because it's I'm not saying the Indians can't compete this year, but that was the last time when you had Kluber and Brantley and Lindor and all of those pieces in place. The only guy who had left at that point um, was Santana. Every other core piece to those great, you know, that when I think of the best Indians team since the 90s Indians. I'm thinking of these squads, and this was their last hurrah. And they got knocked out of the playoffs by a Houston Astros team that um, that was cheating. And, I mean, statistically, we're playing way over their head, and that sucks. I mean, there's no other way to put that. Like, And I don't know. We'll get to the punishment that they suffered in a bit, but it's like, is anything quite good enough? Like, I mean, I, I saw joking online that, like, coaching – for the Mets is punishment enough for, for Carlos Beltran. Um, you know, you can't really vacate things. This isn't the NCAA. That's never happened. I don't know. There's no good way to make it. Like, And we'll have to see. We'll see what happens with, uh, you know, you got someone like Logan Morrison being like, oh, it's happening everywhere. All these teams. I have proof. And at the same time, it's, I mean, he's kind of been bounced around throughout his career. And he would know the ins and outs of various teams, but until something had shown, at least the Indians weren't mentioned amongst that piece for the uh, the tipping or stealing of signs. So let's talk about the penalties. Um, the management was suspended for a year between Hinch and uh, Lutlow and then promptly fired. Uh, we still haven't heard about Alex Cora. He is likely to get the heaviest punishment of anyone in this because he's tied to multiple scandals now with uh, basically he left Houston and then continued those thought processes in Boston. So if you're keeping track at home, Alex Cora wins a World Series, helps the Astros win a World Series by cheating in 2017, and then follows up and helps the Red Sox win a World Series by cheating in 2018. So yeah, that it's a, kind of a black eye when you look at it in that regard, that back-to-back World Series is, have this big taint to it. Um, both of those guys are fired. I don't know what they're going to do. Now what stinks is if you're a team like uh, Tampa, for instance, uh, they could easily be raided at this point for someone being like, okay, we need a new GM. Who are we going to go look at if they decide to look at an outside candidate? So on the spring training being just on the verge of happening, we're going to – teams could be losing staff. They could be losing management. Um, it. it it could be one of those things that ends up backfiring a little bit because it's going to hurt some additional teams with the way this shakes out. But the other part of, you know, they, they're fined $5 million, which is the max, and they lost their first and second round draft pick this year and their first and second round draft pick next year. 
The second round draft pick, not quite as big of a deal in terms of the Indians. First round pick matters, though. That pushes up their Indians competitive balance pick one, and it pushes up their second round pick one. They're going to pick one spot higher, and um, Will Hue, H-O-O, writes some for uh, Indians Baseball Insider, good guy on Twitter. let me make sure I get his exactly right while I'm talking. But he pointed out to me that um, essentially what this is going to mean is that if you're a team like the Indians, uh, for a team like the Indians, it could be worth up to $200,000 in additional slot money. Yeah, Will H O O 99, Willie Hood. So, uh, yeah, and that's about right. Moving up a whole slot is going to give the Indians probably about a quarter of a million dollars extra to spend on the draft this year. And as people know, the Indians spend more than every last dime. They pretty much spend right up into the maximum amount that they are allowed to spend without losing a draft pick. That is what they do. They spend right up into it. Um, They use every dime. So some additional money is a good thing for this organization to spend on the draft because that is the one place where they will go out and outspend anybody else. And they've had some success there. It's been a bit up and down. But yeah, so that's... something helpful with this whole situation the way that it directly ties back to the indians uh another way it's going to directly tie back to the indians is the astros are in a situation where they've got a lot of players nearing free agency uh you know there's been talk that they'd consider moving correa this is a team that already we've talked about the pitching staff has some definite weakness uh lack of options there's you know that it's a team and it's old you know they've got some older pieces guys like justin verlander who's going to be 37 now he's younger than me but i mean in baseball terms that's ancient you know michael brantley is not the youngest guy anymore and then some of these guys are getting closer to free agency so they're in a point where they you know they need to kind of rely on guys like kyle tucker you're hoping will break through if you're a fan jordan alvarez forrest whitley uh Cianol perez top of my head i'm naming guys but you know you're hoping for this next group to start stepping up filling in the gaps but here's what happens. So they lose both these picks. That's a big deal because not only do you lose, you know, your all of your day one picks. I mean, they will still have a day one pick this year if I um, remember things correctly. Losing um, Garrett Cole should net them a pick, I believe, after competitive balance B. That is the compensation round that that pick will fall in. So they will get one pick um, in that one. They are not forced to forfeit. But instead of... Uh, you know, that's all they've got in terms of high picks. And we saw a few years ago when the Cardinals signed Dexter Fowler and got hit with penalties with their own controversial um, front office uh, person that, I mean, that draft for them that year was was an utter disaster. Like, they're just, they just didn't have money. They didn't have spacing. And to go deeper, when you look at the Houston Astros, so this past year, we won't get too much into the 2019 draft. 2018 draft, first-round pick Seth Beer. They've already used him as a trade asset. 2017 draft, first-round pick J.B. Bupak. Koskis is in the first. Second round is Corbin Marvin. All three of those guys went over in the Granky deal. It's a minors that has definitely seen a lot of talent graduate off, and that makes it hard for them at this point. Um, I'll be curious to see what they do. You know, it's basically you've got Whitley and Jose Urquetti, who are their top guys, who are like for sure big time talents. Corey Lee was their first round pick from a year ago, and then it's a lot of guys where I'm like, well, what do you think about, you know, uh, Brian Abreu and Kristen Javier? Like, those are guys who are at least up there who can help. But, you know, uh, Abraham, Abraham Toro, another guy, 
but it's not a lot of, I mean, they've really graduated so much or used, traded away what they've had. There's just not a lot left for them. And, you know, they have been trading like draft picks that were in, you know, the 2019 draft. A lot of teams are being, are a lot more willing to go out and trade those guys. And the the thing for them is they just don't have those pieces anymore. It's like, who are they going to use to go out and acquire other assets? Like, who are the guys who you might be able to do that with? You know, Abraham, Abraham Toro is an interesting guy. What he did between levels a year ago. I mean, he, he hit the cover off the ball. He should be a prime trade asset. I mean, not only did he have, where is his home runs? He had, that's runs. For a second, I got really excited. I'm like, 65 home runs. No, he had 17 home runs across two levels and a walk rate over uh, 11% with a strikeout rate under like 17%. So like really, he's he's somebody I like a lot. They just don't have any place for him. Same problem they've had with guys like, you know, Kyle Tucker. They'll have to figure out, but maybe, you know, someone like Toro. I've thought Miles Straw is a really interesting player who they've never really been able to figure out a way to play. There's a lot of guys. There's still a lot of talent. These next few years are not going to be hurting for talent. They're going to have to figure out exactly how they can keep the waves coming, though, because they just don't have a ton of ways to go out and acquire more. Um, you know, I mentioned Tucker and Straw. They're going to be on the, the roster uh, Almedes Diaz, I thought was a great trade for them a year ago. Didn't necessarily do what I thought he would do. The rotation is um, a bit disquieting. We'll have to see what happens. A lot of guys with injury issues, a lot of young guys. The bullpen looks very good. But, I mean, the Pruitt deal helped that. Uh, I just, I guess it's kind of the point where, like, how much do you trust in them to keep finding players? And that's that's kind of where they've excelled. They've excelled in finding, they've excelled in finding players. Um, a little bit further down the line, and we'll have to see how, if they can continue doing that. But yeah, the losing of the picks is a huge deal, just because they've already traded away so many picks. This is a team that, you know, as I've stated, has done a great job of scouting development, and then has used those high picks, used those draft picks, um, to go out and add guys like Berlander and Granke and Garrett Cole. Those guys were all traded for former, you know, former first round picks were in those deals. And now they don't have those picks. So it's it's going to be difficult for them. Uh, whoever inherits this job, it's not going to be the most desirable job, I don't think. I mean, everyone wants to be a GM. Don't get me wrong. No one's going to be like, oh, I'll wait for the next one. That doesn't happen. Um, but it's not, for a team that's been as good as they are, it's not quite as desirable as one would think. Just because it's like George Springer is, is, I believe, the same contract situation as, no, he's going to be a free agent, I think, at the end of next year, honestly. And, you know, Brantley is going to be, you know, uh, someone who's nearing the end of his time there. I, you know, I'd have to go look up the specifics and I don't have them in front of me because I'm a bad podcaster. But, yeah, it's a team that has some pieces that could be leaving. And while they do have some replacements, some interesting guys, it's it's also a team that has some holes. You know, it's a catcher is not going to be great. Um Josh Riddick, I know, is going to be a free agent to be. I don't even. I felt like they were trying to give him away at points last year. They've got some young guys that are unproven that they have to have hit. Now, it doesn't always work for everyone, but they need to have these guys work out. And yeah, so the the Houston Astros are just in a. And, and before we get anything else, like let's remember this: is a team that talked about um, 
the importance of community and high level values and then traded for someone uh, who was convicted of domestic abuse. Like they've, they have shown they will do anything they can to win. So this should come as no surprise when we get right down to it. Uh, so that's, that's the Houston, uh, uh, that's Houston and the whole controversy and where we are now. Uh, like I said, more might come down the line to somebody like Alex Correa. They pretty much said they're not going to penalize players for uh, listening to coaching. But for guys who were management at the time, that's where it is. And I, I understand the degree of how it came down where you might feel like it's too light. That they, you know, at the end of the day, would you trade two additional twos and two additional seconds to get a ring? Yeah. Like the $5 million fine, whatever, teams would pay that. It, it does feel in terms of ownership, like a relative tap on the wrist. The scarier thing I think is to the to the managers, the thought that like a year long suspension, like, and if you're running a team, it's not worth the risk of, that's where you're trying to do it. You're, you're trying to uh, make it so a, a general manager and a team manager, both those guys be like, stop right now. I am not gonna fall on my sword for you guys. So that is the, uh, Houston Astros. That is the breaking news with some minor uh, signings. We'll talk draft tomorrow. We do need to talk draft. I, uh, I had some, I'm a teacher and I had an IEP last week, so I really didn't have time to um, to work on things. But so I, I was kind of delayed and we had another player um, make himself available for the 2020 draft. He's graduating early and he's one of the top prep arms in the class and certainly a guy that's going to be on the Indians radar. Um, strongly, strongly, strongly would consider him a prime target for the Indians if he is still on the board when they pick. Matches up with everything they liked over the year. So we, we definitely want to talk about him on tomorrow's show. Um, we'll talk about the rest of my top 10. Tomorrow will be draft, barring something happening. So tomorrow something will probably happen because that has been the theme that whenever I say tomorrow is the draft show, we're going to get through the rest of this. Something has come up. So we'll see what comes up tomorrow to block it. I want to thank you all for listening, uh, rating and reviewing, subscribing, and dealing with my random ramblings when of late. Uh, it's not really a lot of Indian stuff to talk about. It's relating to other things in baseball. But those things do have an effect. As I said, you know, this this could have cost the Indians a chance at a championship. This is going to give them extra money to spend in the draft. Um, we'll see what comes from here. We'll see what the Indians do. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, it's, and that's the other thing. Like, the Indians are a model organization. I know I did my whole sign-off thing, but uh, the Indians are a model organization who get rated all the time in terms of uh, people wanting to get, uh, you know, front office types from them. The Indians might be in danger of losing coaching and or uh, people from their front office right now. Like, they're a prime team to get rated. If you're um, Jim Crane and you're like, I want stability and I want trusted values, I want someone with no hint at all of uh, any type of scandal. I mean, that's, that's the Indians front office. That's going for Antonetti. That's going for Chermoff. And like, as you saw with Shapiro a few years ago, like, uh, there's some value in getting to leave Cleveland, even if you're the top guy, because you go somewhere else, you're just not handy. You're not handcuffed the way you are in Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, Antonetti would make a lot of sense if Crane's willing to go out and spend money and he wants to go over the top. Antonetti's a known name, extremely well respected, um, not a hint of any improprieties, and a guy who 
frankly, might relish the chance to, to run a team and not have the issues where he has to let a Michael Brantley go in free agency. He gets to sign a Michael Brantley in free agency. Um, and as you recall, when Shapiro left, he took some people with him, and uh, Toronto's done a really good job under him, and they've gone out and signed some free agents, and they've drafted and developed well, and they're turning into a really interesting team in the AL East that at some point we're able to get back to talking about teams we'll get to, but there, they do not sleep on the Blue Jays. That could very well happen again. Keep it in mind. Um, I mean, I think it it makes a lot of sense. I want to thank everyone for listening, rating, and reviewing, and as always, go Tribe.